A crazy woman falsely accuses Donald Trump of sexual assault. And Anderson Cooper makes a fool out of himself yet again. Mr. Reagan. All right, now before I actually start this video, um, I'd like to add an addendum. I recorded this whole video, and then my brother sent me uh, a tweet. This tweet is from The Bradford File. Um, I, I think this is at The Bradford File on Twitter. This woman's story is included in the plot of an episode of Law and Order SVU. And not only is it part of the this episode, but it's mentioned in the context of a rape fantasy. And as we will see later in the interview, E. Jean Carroll specifically evokes the idea of rape as a fantasy. She specifically says that some people think of the word rape as sexy or like somehow exciting uh, because of like rape fantasy novels, this sort of thing. So yeah, so it's, a, it's very, very strange that this was discovered. And I'm going to go ahead and play exactly what this woman says happened to her. And then I'm going to play you the SVU episode. Um, and then we'll get into the rest of my show, which I recorded earlier today without this extra information. So you were in, in you say you were in Bergdorf Goodman. I was coming out of Bergdorf's. I was coming out and he was coming in. He was standing out and he put his hand like this. He said, come advise me. I want to buy a present. I said, oh, for who? He said, for a girl. So I was enchanted. It was such a great moment. Shortly after that, he said, I know, lingerie. And so we went up the escalator. We went to the lingerie department. It was empty. There was nobody there. There was nobody on the whole floor, frankly. That's going to sound strange, people, that nobody was in the... Because Bergdorf's is the greatest store on the earth. They take care of whatever you want there, there. Mm -hmm. If you're thirsty, they'll bring you water. They'll get you whatever. They'll call all over the country to get whatever you want. It was a moment in time. Nobody was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Plus, a dressing room door was open, which is very unusual because usually they're locked. Mm -hmm. And the attendant comes and locks it. Escort you in, etc. Okay. And there are two or three boxes on the counter. The fancy, remember the old-fashioned lingerie boxes, and a filmy see-through bodysuit in lilac gray. And he snatches it up and he says, go try this on. I said, you try it on. He said, no, it looks like it fits you. I said, it goes with your eyes. He said, no, go put this on. And Anderson... So at this point, it's you're saying it's uh, a friendly... joshing. Joshing... I used to be a writer at Saturday Night Live. I see an entire sketch of making Donald Trump put this filmy thing over his pants. That is what I'm thinking. Mm. I am not thinking. I think it's I just I was laughing as I said it. He said, well, you know, he went like this and I walked in. Stupidly. So for you, this was kind of a, a New York moment. Like oh, one of the those best things. New York. Uh-huh. Just like the best New York. Donald Trump is going to put on a filmy bodysuit? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I couldn't. So he, let's go in the dressing room. I thought, yeah, I'm going to make him put the pants on. Walked in. And the minute I was in there, he shut the door and pushed me up against the wall and bang, bang my head. Did anyone want to role play a rape with you in a public place? Yes, there was one a bit plain, and it was not her fantasy, it was mine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ah. Role play took place in uh, the dressing room of Bergdorf's. Uh, while she was trying on lingerie, I would burst in. Hold on. Um, may I? Mm-hmm. 
So not only does this woman appear to be completely crazy and clearly trying to just sell her book, but it appears, it appears, and this may not be true, but it looks like she stole the entire plot from a TV show. Now, <laughs> now I make the case in the video that she at one point was a writer for Saturday Night Live, and presumably she got that job because she was inventive. She could come up with stories and stuff like that, right? People who are good at creating fictions usually get jobs writing fiction. So my presumption was that, okay, well, she was she felt confident that she could make up this story and it would be believable. But maybe she didn't even do that. Maybe she just stole it from this show. All right, now let's go back in time to the daylight. But first, let's take a quick break. I'm going to interrupt to talk about something we all love, something Donald Trump himself loves. I'm going to talk about gold. So I've got a question for you. Are we looking at the start of the next stock market crash? This is a monthly chart of the S&P 500 since 2011 from Noble Gold. You can see that it has a long upward run uh, for stocks, but recently in December and now May, the market has started to topple a little bit. Like a ball thrown in the air, at some point gravity will overcome the upward forces and it will come down again. The S&P is a balance of buys and sells, and the sells look like they're starting to win out now. The big question is, how far will the market fall? Some commentators are predicting uh, 2,200 or less. That's a 25% hit or more. This correction ha has been on the cards for months now. And during this time, Noble Gold have been getting their clients to buy precious metals as a hedge against their pension funds losing massive chunks of their investment. It's especially important for those with IRAs and 401k rollovers who have no diversified investments, just stocks and mutual funds. It's not too late, but time is running out. If you're worried about where another stock market crash will leave your investment, you need to talk to one of the Noble Gold team members now. Give them a call at 877-646-5347 to find out how you can protect your investment and keep your fund intact. 877-646-5347 and make sure you mention my name or click the link below to get your free gold and silver investment guide. We now return you back to your regularly scheduled programming. Good evening. She's not my type. That is what the president of the United States has just said about the woman who says he sexually assaulted her. She's not my type, which is what one says when a friend tries to fix you up. Not my type. It's not what anyone really says when accused of what amounts to rape. Not my type. That is precisely what President Trump just said, and not for the first time either. She's not my type. Yeah, she's not his type. Anderson Cooper acts as if this is not at all a reasonable thing to say. And yeah, you do say that when somebody's trying to set you up with a girl. But it also makes sense if somebody's accusing you of like unwanted, flirtatious, romantic, or sexual advances. I have definitely had people accuse me of flirting with girls that I was definitely not attracted to. And my response to this is exactly that. She's not my type. Why would I be flirting with her? She's not even my type. Anderson Cooper is acting like this is Donald Trump's only reaction to the accusation. He's completely neglecting the fact that Donald Trump said two other very important things. Firstly, he said that he doesn't even remember ever meeting this woman. And secondly, he has denied ever doing that which the woman has accused him of. The fact that Donald Trump is not attracted to this woman merely supports the point that he's already made that he never made any kind of sexual advances on her which might have been mistaken for some kind of assault. You see, Anderson, the problem here is that there is now an incredibly broad definition of sexual assault. Different people think of it as different things. In my mind, sexual assault is strictly unwanted sexual conduct. 
But to many feminists today, uh, sexual assault can be just like getting too close to them or, or maybe giving them a wink. All right. So, so yeah, saying that you're not even attracted to a woman, that is a denial of even the possibility of any kind of intent of any kind of quote-unquote sexual assault using even the strangest of definitions. Anderson Cooper is trying to paint the president as a callous rapist. He's trying to characterize Trump at best as a man who would have raped this woman had she been more attractive, and at worst, a cruel predator who violently raped a woman and then added salt to the wound by saying that he wasn't even attracted to her. A huge problem here is that Anderson Cooper is assuming that this woman's accusation is credible. Anderson Cooper has accepted the leftist chant, believe her. In many cases, this sort of slandering of the president, this, this leftist propaganda, this would work perfectly. This would speak to Anderson Cooper's audience. But I've already read what this woman said in this interview, so Anderson's monologue here is laughable. His entire slanderous rant falls apart as it is revealed through this very interview that the woman is, well, let's just call her less than credible. She's not my type. He just said this about his 15th and latest accuser, and we begin tonight with her account of the alleged sexual assault that she says she endured at his hands. And that alone should be compelling enough. At any other time, it would be. Yet today, it's also part of a larger and more troubling story of collective indifference. Somehow, and we'll explore the reasons why, the fact that the president has been accused 14 other times of unwanted sexual advances or outright sexual assault has numbed people to just how abnormal this is, these kind of accusations. When Bill Clinton was accused two decades ago, it shook the country. Well, now the country shrugs as if one allegation is an outrage, but 15 are a statistic. Yeah, because none of the accusations are credible. Have you seen the accusations of the previous women? The strongest accusation that I have heard is that Donald Trump thought that a woman wanted to kiss him, and so he kissed her. And the woman actually admitted, admitted to Megyn Kelly that she thought it was an honest mistake. She admits that. She said that indeed she gave Donald Trump the wrong idea and that he thought that she liked him. So I would see him almost daily, you know, waiting for his elevator. Um, and on one day, I decided to introduce myself because I did see him regularly. Um, and he shook my hand, you know, and he kind of gave me the normal double cheek kiss. Um, but then he held on to my hand and he kept kissing me. You know, he kept asking me maybe a, a question, where are you from? And kissing me again. Where is and this? Again. Where is this happening? It's right outside the elevators, right outside my office. So he kept kissing you? Yeah, he went, I don't know how many times back and forth, multiple, um, and then he kissed me on the lips. And I was shocked, yeah. I mean, devastated. I didn't, it happened so fast, I guess, and I, I didn't really, I wish I would have been courageous enough to be like, you know, what's going on and you need to stop this. But um, I think ultimately he got on his elevator and I, I ran back into the office. Just this past Friday, Juliet Huddy, mm -hmm. a former colleague of mine at Fox News who ha has uh, come out as a Bill O'Reilly accuser and who has been reported received a settlement from Bill O'Reilly for harassment, um, went on radio and said she didn't feel threatened. She thought it was a guy taking a shot, you know, mm -hmm. at her mm -hmm. who failed, you know, who misread the situation. How did you take it? I mean, I felt the same way, I guess. And that, that was the most credible of all the accusations. So yeah, Anderson, we do shrug because it seems that there are a lot of women who want to get famous or make money by accusing Donald Trump of having sexually assaulted them when Donald Trump did no such thing. And you're right, you're right. Maybe we should all be outraged 
every time we hear one of these accusations. But maybe we shouldn't be outraged at Donald Trump. Maybe we should be outraged at the women baselessly accusing him. All right, you know what? Let's go to the interview. And so we went up the escalator. We went to the lingerie department. It was empty. There was nobody there. There was nobody on the whole floor, frankly. So he, let's go in the dressing room, walked in. And the minute I was in there, he shut the door and pushed me up against the wall and bang, bang my head on the wall and kiss me. I just, it was so shocking. I couldn't, of course, I started laughing again um, because... You started laughing? Of course. What, what, why? What, why, of course? Because it was a way of, if it was at all erotic in his part, it would, if a man is laughed at, it usually will make him, uh, um, um, and he put his shoulder against me to hold me against the wall. And at that point, I realized that I was in a very difficult situation. Did he say anything? No. No. It was just like, we're going to do this thing. We're just so hot for each other. Uh, or wh- I don't, wh- Why would I even try to think what he was thinking? Anyway, so he pushed me, you know, he pushed me, held me with his shoulder, and I was wearing a, a coat dress and tights, and he pulled down the tights. And so... Um, that's he pulled what, it with, with he pulled it with both hands with one one, and um, that was when it turned serious. I realized that this was this was this was a fight, and down go the tights, and it was against my will, and it hurt, and it was a fight. And this is not a question I would normally ask, and if if you don't want to answer, I totally understand. Um, But given the prior accusations, which have all been of forms of assault or harassment, um, you're saying there was actual penetration? Yes. Did you, which is, puts it into a different category of any of these other, any of the other uh, women who have come forward? Um, I think technically, I mean, that, that is, that is the definition of, of rape. One definition. That's the definition. Yes. How long? Brief. Mm -hmm. Brief, because when a woman is stamping her feet, um, I was a competitive athlete, so I wasn't like a, I didn't freeze. I, I rose to the occasion and um, it did not last long. And that's why I don't use the word you just used. I use the word fight. You don't use the word rape. Sexual violence is in every country, in every strata of, of society. And I just feel that so many women are undergoing sexual violence. Mine was short. I got out. I'm happy now. I'm uh, moving on. Um, and I think of all the women who are enduring constant sexual violence. So this one instant, this one, what, three minutes in this little dressing room, I just say it's a fight. That way I'm not the victim, right? I'm not the victim. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished, which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. 
for it just it it hurt it just what it just you know well, I think most people think of rape as a I mean it is a violent assault it is not I think most people think of rape as being sexy mm. let's take a short break think of the fantasies mm. we're just going to take a quick break if you can stick around we'll talk more on the other side you're fascinating to talk to <laughs> We were talking in the last segment about what, what she says happened in that department store dressing room and more specifically the word she does not use to describe it. Before the break, you said you don't use the word rape. Um, a lot of women hearing this, I mean, a lot of people hearing this right. who believe you would say that this is rape. I didn't suffer, Anderson. I did not suffer. I didn't lose my job. I wasn't beaten. Uh, you know, I just don't use so it. How did, so you... You say you stomped your foot, yeah. and then you, you, did you think about police? Did you think about talking to friends? What, what, did, what was going through your mind? I called my friend right away. And one of the first things she said to me is, E. Jean, stop laughing. This is not funny. You were laughing when you described it to her? I was laughing as soon as she got on the phone, apparently. I don't remember it. I, I'm C- CNN has talked to, to both friends who... Uh, yeah. Who say that oh. you spoke to them around that time, and right. and one of them says that yeah that you were laughing. Now, doesn't that just sound totally insane? It just sounds. Eugene Carroll, thank you very much. Anderson Cooper, you're welcome. All right. So this woman's story is that she was assaulted by Donald Trump in one of the most prestigious department stores in the world, which was uniquely vacant during otherwise peak business hours. No other customers, no salesmen, no one. When Trump allegedly attacked her, she laughed. Then, despite her insistence that there was literal sex involved, she refuses to call this rape because it only lasted three minutes and other women endure more sustained and consistent sexual abuse. She also refuses to call it rape because she believes that, quote, people think rape is sexy. And then, when she told her friends about it afterwards, she says she was laughing about it. Now, keep in mind that this woman was a writer for Saturday Night Live. Making up a weird rape story like this would not have been difficult for somebody who writes fiction for a living. And look, maybe she's telling the truth. Maybe she was absolutely assaulted by Donald Trump in the 1990s in Bergdorf Goodman, and she laughed about it, and she kept it quiet for many years, and now she's finally coming forward with the accusation in order to sell her upcoming book. Maybe that's all true. She does seem a little weird. And weird people sometimes do weird things. However, one of the weird things that weird people sometimes do is make up weird stories that are not true. It's very hard to say whether or not something that somebody like this says is true generally. When you put the motivation of fame and attention on top of that, which is exactly what you get when you accuse somebody like Donald Trump of rape, well, then it creates an enormous incentive to lie. And remember, this woman has been mildly famous for a long time, and and oftentimes these types of people crave attention. They crave fame. And this woman has an even greater incentive to lie. She's pitching a new book that she's just had published. She writes about it and other painful encounters in her book, What Do We Need Men For? A Modest Proposal. And, And trust me, she is getting on the bestseller list because of this accusation. Accusing Trump of rape has just made this kooky woman very rich. So when you put these extra motivations into the equation, one must be skeptical. You can't just believe her. Because honestly, the simplest and most obvious explanation to an accusation like this under these circumstances is that the woman is lying. 
We live in a very strange world where we're told by the left and by Hollywood celebrities that women always need to be believed. But within that same world, there are many women who falsely accuse men of sexual assault. And so what do you do about that? You don't want to dismiss a legitimate accusation, but you also don't want to believe an illegitimate accusation. With every accusation of sexual assault, there are two possible victims. If the woman is telling the truth, she is the victim. And if the woman is lying, the man is the victim. And even if we know the woman is lying, even if she is proved to not be at all credible and the accusation is proved without a shadow of a doubt to be false, still, that man will always be branded as a rapist in the minds of many people. And people on the left never seem to think about that. Or if they do, they, they just don't care. Now, after I completed the video, I had another thought about this, which is just that... There is no real consequence for this woman. Think about, think about this. There is no consequence for any woman who ever comes forward and accuses Donald Trump of raping them or sexually assaulting them or sexually harassing them or anything. I mean, what, what is the consequence? What, what has happened to any of the w women who have falsely accused Donald Trump uh, of, of anything? Right? I don't know of any consequence any of them have ever faced. And I think that's what's happening here. I think this woman, E. Jean Carroll, I think she realized that, like, I can say whatever I want. And as long as nobody can disprove my story, uh, I can just, it'll just be a he said, she said, right? You know, Tr Trump's already been accused of stuff. So if I accuse him of stuff, then, you know, people are just gonna, just gonna believe it, you know, especially the people that are prone to believing it anyway. Uh, so I realized this is actually a pretty messed up situation. And like, what, what do you do about this? I mean, what do you do about this? I mean, literally any woman can come forward and claim anything. They don't have to have any evidence. No, you know, they don't have to give any reason for anybody to believe them. They just have to make the claim. They have to say something that sounds vaguely believable. And a lot of people are going to believe them, even with the evidence against her, even with her saying that she laughed throughout the whole thing and laughed afterwards and, and that, that she thinks a lot of people think that rape is sexy and, you know, and despite the fact that she's clearly trying to sell a book here and despite the fact that her, the plot of her story has already been written out on an episode of Law and Order SVU, despite all of this, there are some people who are still going to believe her no matter what. And I, I just think that this is a tragedy. I mean, people going around slandering the president just because they want to sell a book Honestly, there should be some kind of punishment for this kind of uh, false accusation, right? This kind of slanderous accusation. Even though it's the president, even though we have the freedom to say whatever we want about the president, this kind of lying, this kind of abuse really needs to be punished because people should not feel free to just lie about people in this way, even if they are a public figure and you know they are subject to all the scrutiny and all the criticism laid upon them. This, this is really absolutely 100% crossing the line. This is unethical. This is ridiculous. Now, I've been planning on doing a video about all the hoaxes that have been going on since Trump started campaigning in 2016 because this is ridiculous. As soon as Donald Trump became the nominee, the left went crazy. They all decided that Trump is such an evil person that they had to lie cheat, steal, abuse positions of power, and manipulate the public, do whatever nefarious thing needed to be done in order to get Trump. And getting Trump often meant getting conservatives. If you support Trump, if you are a Republican, if you are in any way a conservative, you're not safe from being attacked by leftists. We have clear evidence now that Google is actively trying to manipulate the public into getting rid of Donald Trump in 2020. 
And that is actually going to be one of my next videos, so stay tuned for that. And look, we all know what Anderson Cooper is trying to do. He's been trying to do this since the debates, right? He does not like Trump. But it was pretty funny how in this interview, it backfired so profoundly. Nice try, Anderson Cooper. I guess it's time to go find another crazy lady to accuse Donald Trump of sexually assaulting her. Maybe this time she won't say that she laughed. Maybe this time she won't say that people think rape is sexy. You're fascinating to talk to. All right, that's it for me. If you like this video, hit the like button. If you want to see more like this, please subscribe. And if you hate me, you probably think rape is sexy. Doesn't that just sound totally insane? It just sounds... (laughs) Good night. Future generations of Americans will be thankful for our efforts to humanely regain control of our borders and thereby preserve the value of one of the most sacred possessions of our people, American citizenship. So now... I'll get on with the signing and make this into law. Hope nothing happens to me between here and here. <laughs>